us give ourselves three deep breaths and in doing so be made more aware of the presence of the Spirit in and among us. Friends, let us worship in beloved community. Let us enter this space with open hearts, that we might experience growth. Let us enter this space with open minds, that we might learn something new. Let us enter this space with open arms, that we might feel the embrace of an ancient community. Now our opening hymn.
You sounded beautiful. Thank you. Welcome to worship at Westminster Presbyterian Church. Uh, wherever, however you're, and whenever you're worshiping with us, if we're on a walk with you on one of our podcasting platforms, if we are in your home with your family over YouTube or Facebook, welcome. Special welcome to those of you who found us maybe for the first time this week or uh, in recent times. Special welcome to you. Of course, a great place to find out more about this beloved community is by going to wpctibron.org. Would you join me in our community prayer? Loving one, present one, mysterious one, we long to see you, but only catch glimpses. We need you, yet sometimes struggle to find you. We call out to you, but sometimes have trouble hearing your answer. There are those who've gone before us or who live alongside us still, who relate to you very differently. It is easy to look down upon their customs or practices, to judge them, or to render them meaningless. Open us to the ways in which people can reinforce their connection with you, and in doing so, strengthen our connection that we might be transformed. Amen. Our prayers continue in quiet. Ever-present God, you walk with us through good times and bad, mountain top and valley deep. Your footsteps are our guide. Your hands are our support. We trust in your forgiveness that you have removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. We are knocking and are grateful that you open the door. Open our hearts and minds to your spirit. May this time together cause us to love you and especially to love one another. Amen. For our time of discovery this morning, the kids might want to move just a little bit closer to the screen so you can check out my excellent hairstyle. What do you think? I did it myself. I haven't gotten a haircut during this pandemic. My hair's a lot longer than it usually is, so I can do some crazy things with it. And I was inspired to do this today because I was thinking about the passage that we are studying in Sunday school. Um, and it's a passage from one of Jesus' sermons, and it's a little crazy. It's a little silly. Jesus kind of takes what was a very established order of society. You know, there were people who were in power and people who weren't. There were people with status and people who didn't have status. And it was kind of just the way things were. And Jesus went and he kind of turned that all upside down and mixed it all up, kind of like my hair. You know, and he dared to teach and preach that maybe some of those people who had been ignored, maybe some of those people who had been outcast were also deserving of God's love, were also deserving of our care and our service. And for some, that sounded like a crazy idea, kind of like my hair. But for those of us who follow Jesus and who listen to the stories of Jesus from the Bible, 
That's not such a crazy idea, is it? The idea that God loves all people. You know, all people, even those who aren't the most powerful, even those who don't have the most status. Now, all of a sudden, Jesus maybe doesn't start to sound so crazy, but he starts to preach and teach things that maybe we want to live in our own lives. So I don't necessarily suggest you take on the crazy, silly hairstyle, unless you want to. It's kind of fun. But I do suggest that we do some of those crazy, silly things that Jesus was suggesting, like love with abundant and radical love to serve and to care for others, even those that maybe are overlooked or ignored, perhaps especially those people. That's not such a crazy idea at all. Oh. Hello, my name is Carol Gunn, and I was asked to share with you my experiences of community service at Westminster. I'm such a small part of this, as all of you are involved in community service. Some of you sing, or teach the children, or contribute to help those who are in need. So right now, my major uh, function of, of community service at Westminster is joining with others to help feed the hungry. When we couldn't, when we could no longer do the hot lunch uh, because of the COVID pandemic, our senior high youth group jumped in and started making bag lunches that they took to Sausalito. And when they got so more than they needed in Sausalito, they started going also to St. Vincent's and San Rafael. Then we joined with them. And so now we have the men's group Jeff Healy's book club, the hot lunch team, and many other people, including people who are not even members of our church who have jumped in to help. Every Wednesday we make sandwiches with water bottles, cookies, fruit, and anything else we can cram in those little lunch bags. This group, through the weeks and months of this pandemic, is now up to um, having made almost 5,000 bag lunches and there are still so many who are hungry. These hungry people who get our bag lunches don't know who made them, but they know they were made with love. And in return, we actually get an extra blessing because every Wednesday when we take our lunches to Jeff Healy and Elaine uh, at Westminster parking lot, we get to meet with them in person with masks on and also some of our friends, which is really an added joy for all of us. Um, so if you're interested, there's always room for more lunches in their cars. Like you, I look forward to being back together, worshiping together, singing together, and laughing and talking to each other. But for now, I hope you will share some of your financial resources for pledging here at Westminster. And if you are able, we'd love to have you join us in making bag lunches. Both of these efforts are part of community service. By doing them, we are thanking God for all our blessings and sharing our love of God with others. Basically, that's what community service is, sharing God's love with others. Thank you. As we enter into our time of prayer today, Let's take just a moment to share our joys and concerns. We can share with each other. If you're watching on Facebook, just type right into the comment section. 
If you're watching this video with someone, you might share your joys and concerns with them. If you're watching by yourself, take a moment to share your joys and concerns with God. So we'll have just a few moments of quiet as we share, and then I will lead us in prayer. Let us pray. Holy One, we lift up all those who are struggling right now. We hear the cries for justice and peace, for health and healing, for patience and love. And we know that there are many obstacles to addressing the challenges that we face. But we also know that your love for us is deeper than we could ever imagine. Cover us with your love, O oh God. May we know your presence with us each and every day. Guide us, O oh God, that we may also walk beside one another in prayer, partnership, and presence. Weave us together in hope, strengthen and nourish us for the journey. And hear us now, O oh God, as together we pray the prayer that Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
This week we have three readings we're going to do today. One extra than our normal amount. That's free of charge, of course. Um, I will read the first couple. First is from the book of Leviticus, which some of you have learned is a favorite of mine. This chapter 11. Please listen to how the Spirit may be speaking to you. These you may eat of all that are in the waters, everything in the waters that has fins and scales, whether in the seas or in the streams, such you may eat. But anything in the seas or the streams that does not have fins and scales, of the swarming creatures in the waters, and among all the other living creatures that are in the waters, they are detestable to you, and detestable they shall remain. This is holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. Our second reading from the book of Exodus, chapter 23. Please listen to what the Spirit may be saying, and you might have to listen a little harder this time. You shall not boil a kid in its mother's milk. This is holy wisdom, holy word. Praise be to God. The Newer Testament reading comes from the book of Acts, the 10th chapter, verses 9 to 16. Listen for what the Spirit is saying to us this morning. About noon the next day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat, and while it was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw the heaven opened and something like a large sheet coming down, being lowered to the ground by its four corners. In it were all kinds of four-footed creatures and reptiles and birds of the air. Then he heard a voice saying, Get up, Peter. Kill and eat. But Peter said, By no means, Lord, for I've never eaten anything that is profane or unclean. The voice said to him again a second time, what God has made clean, you must not call profane. This happened three times, and the thing was suddenly taken up to heaven. This is holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. Could you describe your faith, the point of all of this, in one phrase? Were I to, I would answer that in this way. It's to recognize the sacredness of all things and respond accordingly. I get much of that language from the great Celtic teacher, John Philip Newell. You might say, well, as a Christian pastor, where's the mention of Jesus Christ? I think what Jesus Christ spent his life trying to teach us what he is teaching us still, the resurrected one, is how sacred all of this is. If we would just open our eyes to it and see it, and therefore respond accordingly. Because if you see something and recognize it is sacred, you have to treat it differently. You cannot objectify it. You cannot exploit it. You cannot fall for the lie that it's disposable. Instead, you honor it, you treasure it, you sustain it, you care for it, you protect it, you love it. 
You may wonder then, what does any of this have to do with those earlier readings that were shared about being able to eat creatures in the water that have fins and scales, but not others? Sorry, no lobster, no crab. About not boiling a kid, a baby goat, in its mother's milk? What does this have to do with recognizing the sacredness of all things and responding in kind? These seem, oh, silly. In fact, that Salon.com article that I've mentioned over the past weeks as we continue this series on troubling scripture passages classifies those kinds of laws under the category silly food rules. It may not be as silly as you think. My spouse was reading last year about some nutritional something or other, and she came across a passage that described actually how when meat is cooked in milk, certain kinds of meat, something about the proteins or something, the details are lost on me, are degraded and the nut nutritional value goes down. Who knew? We find yet again what we've discovered time and again that actually in these ancient laws, there are layers of meaning and value and always included is some very practical public health value among others. We wouldn't reduce it to that. We know that the, there's an expansive way in which these laws serve, form, and preserve the community. And in doing so, they become incredibly valuable. It's lazy and insulting to dismiss them as silly. Oh, they're arbitrary. Well, do we not cling to things that are arbitrary? And I'm not calling those arbitrary. I take off my hat when I come inside. I chide my son when he doesn't use silverware for certain dishes. Though, of course, other dishes are perfectly fine as finger food. We used to engage in that ancient ritual. Do you remember it? When you'd meet someone, you clasp hand to hand. You may not be doing that again for some time. Now, those are arbitrary. But there's a particular Christian mistake we can make with respect to these ancient practices. They come from this passage I read to you a moment ago from the book of Acts, where Peter has this vision and a sheet comes down from heaven and it's carrying all these creatures and God says, these are not profane. They've all been made clean by God, so do not treat them as profane. And we treat that passage as if it's fixing the brokenness of the Old Testament laws. And it's too simple an answer. Because Peter and the early disciples were facing a very different challenge in question. They weren't trying to hold their group together, carve out their identity, and distinguish themselves from others. No, they were presented with the very real challenge as they built a new spiritual movement of how to include people who grew up with very different practices into this new community and whether or not they were to impose their own practices from their upbringing upon them. They're asking a different set of questions. And therefore, the vision they get grants them a different answer. What God has made clean, you must not call profane. 
It's also misguided. To assume this means this casts off for all time all laws and manners and decorum as missing the point. I think we can all see, in fact, how those same things, when properly employed and understood, can actually build up a community and hold it together. I mean, our manners and decorum actually help us understand how to interact with one another. They guide our behavior. And they actually strengthen the bonds of relationship because they give us concrete ways to show that we honor the other, that we treat the other with respect. It not only honors the individuals in the interaction, it honors the notion of the relationship itself. It reinforces the fact that there is a we to be honored. And likewise, when we degrade those things and we are crude and crass and slanderous, when we dehumanize the other in ways overt and less obvious, we not only degrade the individual on the other end of the interaction, we degrade the notion that there is a we in the first place. And it's no small matter. What's going on in Peter's vision when he sees that sheet come down is a recognition that the we needs to be honored through new means. But when you recognize that, you see that both those Older Testament laws and practices and this moment of new revelation in a particular context are attempting to do the same thing, which is to honor and sustain the community. It is honoring this and this. And both use the same tool the same lexicon, the language of sacredness. They point to what is sacred as a way to reinforce the sacred bonds that we share. They train us in the art of reverence. And none too soon. We are living in a time when it is no longer hyperbole to say the world as we know it will not survive if we don't reclaim some sense of reverence because it will be wasted and exploited and it or we will be discarded in the process. What does it all mean? It's all about recognizing the sacredness of all things and responding accordingly. That's my answer. Amen. Each year, about this time, I give what's known as a stewardship sermon. Stewardship sermon is when you connect the gospel to the importance of giving to the church. We know people give in many forms to the church, Stewardship is focused on the financial support of the congregation. This year's different 
And so I'm approaching it a little bit differently. I'm simply going to talk to you for a couple of moments as directly as I can about the importance of your contribution. The church has worked really hard over these past several months to offer ministries in as many ways as possible, reaching as many people as possible. The staff has been a sight to behold in their efforts to be creative and responsive. Lay leaders as well have stepped up, members and friends of the congregation coming out of the woodwork to do their piece. Not surprisingly, revenue is down this year for all the reasons you can imagine. We didn't have Easter on site and the crowds that accompany. Week after week, the sanctuary has been empty. There's no plate to pass. And some have faced real financial hardships. And as a result, we've got a lot of work to do this year and next year. Our desire, our commitment, our hope is to be able to maintain our levels of ministry and our staffing levels. But we can only do that with your help, with your gift. There is so much to look forward to in 2021. Our building is nearly complete, which will not only improve the kinds of things we were doing before, but expand our capacity for ministry. We've innovated more in the past several months than we have in my entire tenure here. So we have all kinds of ideas of, of ministries that could unfold. To direct and guide that energy, we're in the midst of an exciting strategic planning process, which will crystallize our identity, our commitments, and lay out a roadmap for the development of our ministries. We have a lot to look forward to. If you want the Westminster you loved, no, a better Westminster, an improved Westminster. If you want that here when we do come back, whenever that is, you have to give. We need people to step up and contribute in the pledge campaign for 2021. And more than that, reach out to others and encourage them to give. We know it's been tough, but we know we can do this together. And that's what it's going to take. So I encourage you, best you can, step out in faith as you have so faithfully before and support this church with your dollars. God bless you. And may God bless this congregation.
Even during this shelter-in-place time, the life of the church continues. We have a lot going on, and we hope that you will join us in the ways that make sense for you. Today at 1130 is our new member orientation. If you're interested in learning more about becoming a member of Westminster, join us. It's not too late. Just reach out right now to Rob or me, and we will send you the Zoom link for that. This afternoon at 1 p.m., Jeff and I begin our high school confirmation class for the year. If you are a high schooler or live with a high schooler, come join us. We'll be uh, outside at Westminster at 1 p.m. And then next week on the 18th at 11 a.m. over Zoom, we are having what we are calling a town hall meeting. Um, as the session starts to make some decisions regarding in-person, indoor worship, they have a lot of different factors to consider, and they would like to hear from you, the congregation, hear your thoughts and ideas and comfort levels about having indoor, in-person worship. So join us on that town hall and have your voice be heard. Also on the 18th, at 2 p.m., our Spiritual Life Commission is hosting a spiritual hike. This will be on Mount Tam in the music camp area. Uh, check your e-news or check the website for all the information about that, especially where to meet for that hike. And then the following weekend, we have a special women's retreat on Zoom on October 23rd and 24th. Sign up with me for that. We have some Congregational Life outdoor picnics coming up on the 24th and 25th. We have an outdoor worship coming up on the 25th. So much happening. Read your e-news that comes out every week. Take a look at the calendar and all the different pages on the website. We do our best to keep that updated. Um, and we just hope that you will join us in whatever way is good for you. I realize that this hymn is probably not familiar to many of you. So I want to introduce a couple of things about the structure of it to make it easier. One is that the third line of each verse has the same Alleluia refrain. Alleluia, Alleluia, praise be to your name. And the first two lines in each verse begin with the same uh, musical motif. So I'll play the whole thing through and then we'll sing. Song. 
singing in your head all day. And now receive this benediction. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, who is father and mother of us all, and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit be with you this day, be with you every day. Amen.